thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right. Hey, everybody. I got to turn this up. How's that? Is that louder? Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here with us today. Back to our normal music. Just want to say hi to everybody. Hey, if you're watching the replay, do me a favor. Share this out. We have so many, man, we we have so many headlines today that all of them could just be one complete show. Just saying. Um. But we're going to start by talking about what happened in California and um, whether or not uh, Agenda 21 is part of that and whether or not um, uh, the California fires are a result of directed energy weapons, which maybe you've heard about, maybe you haven't, I don't know, but one of you have heard of what a do is, a directed energy weapon. If you know what that is, let me know, put a one. All right, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> you know, there's some, there's times, honestly, where I think we should do a five-hour show and just cover everything, kind of analyze it to death. Uh, but today, just so you know, depending on how much I talk, we may or may not end early because I have a Thanksgiving dinner at my dad's place I got to get to that the assisted living is throwing for him. It starts at 5 o'clock, which this ends at 5, so we may or may not end early or not. Anyway, either way, we're going to talk about the fires. We're going to show the video that L.A. Marzuli, uh, you know, went ahead and posted yesterday. And, uh, and then we're also going to look at some other headlines. I'll just share with you really fast in case you didn't know, Roy Clark uh, who's the country music icon. He is now gone. He died at 85. He used to host that TV show called Hee Haw. (laughs) Yeah. So he is not with us anymore. Uh, The Sanhedrin is calling on Jerusalem's next mayor to prepare for rebuilding the temple. That's good news. Yeah, it is. There is a pastor that was uh, attacked in Chicago, Illinois, because he dared to call out a man dressed as a woman uh, in his church. Yeah, if we get time, we're going to look at that one, too. Yeah, we are. As well as some other things, including but not limited to... Uh, an op-ed talking about an alternate reality about how California became the land of raging infernos. That's over on the Canada Free Press website. And then, of course, if we get more time, we may talk about the GoFundMe campaign that is like, like, like this New Jersey couple decided that they were going to partner with a homeless veteran in order to raise a GoFundMe campaign, and they raised over $400,000. <laughs> and the LGBT activist community, just saying, they are upset about the Alliance defending freedom and the fact that they have a right to free speech. Um, and uh, there is now a billboard that says, no gays allowed. That's up in Times Square in New York City. So we'll talk about that if we get time. So hopefully we'll get enough time to talk about all that. But of course, as always, please share this out. I want to say hi to all you guys out on whatever platform you're watching us on. Um, say hi to Chrissy and Melanie and Dr. John and Rachel, Advar, Mia. I gotta scroll up. Tracy, Tanya, Carl, Mark, and more viewers is what it says <laughs> over there. And then um, also on Facebook. I'm not there yet, but give me a minute. Hopefully I can get there and say hi to anybody who's watching there. I know Kim and a couple other of you guys usually tune in over there. So if you are there, awesome. If you're not, then hey, where are you? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, (laughs) 
And if you're on YouTube, the lone YouTuber over there, go ahead and uh, uh, just know I said hi to you. If you're listening to the archive on um, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Anchor, Bullhorn, or any other platform that is on, because there's a lot of them, there's like 15, then uh, thank you for tuning in. I know Mark and Denise actually do that a lot. And let's see what else. Uh, yeah, here's the other thing. Periscope, I know, is acting up today. I've been watching some other scopes, and they've been kind of jerky and stuff. So if for some reason you have a problem on Periscope, go over to Facebook or somewhere else, and, and hopefully I'll see your comment. Um, join my text message list. Text the term Bible News to 33222. That's Bible News to 33222. At some point, we're going to have the scrolling underneath the show, so you'll be able to see that and do that. That's really the best way to stay in touch with me is on that text message list because uh, I send out a scripture in the morning. I try to send out information about uh, you know what's going to be on in the afternoon. Sometimes I do contests. Sometimes I just talk to you for the fun of it. Hey, there's Cheryl, too. Hey, Cheryl. Um, anyway, so you know, go ahead and join the text message list. Yes, Bareface put that up on the screen. I'm not connected on Facebook on on Periscope. Okay, there we go. You're, I am. You're probably not listening to the feed, right? Nope. Oh, some something. Uh... Something happened with your voice. You sound kind of distant. Really? So, let's, Should I put my headset no, it's in? It's better now. You're good now. <laughs> you sent it and haven't seen a text. Uh, you, you joined it? Okay, you're in Canada. Okay, well, send me your phone number later, John. I'll add you, and then we'll see if we can get it to work. Uh, okay, Cheryl. Hey, hopefully you can stick around for a minute anyway. There's always the archive. <laughs> Okay, so um, where do I start? There's so many things. First of all, I want to let you all know I found my checkbook. Actually, I didn't. Bareface found it. And uh, those of you who have been praying for me to find it, which you guys didn't know what it was until I told you yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Randall found it this morning. He came up the stairs. He threw it on the bed. I was still in bed. And I go, where did you find it? He said it was on the kitchen counter. <laughs> So this is funny because food on the bed. I tossed it. It wasn't like it. It wasn't like an angry. It wasn't like an angry. Here's your stupid checkbook. I was like, here you go. There it is. Like check it out. Yeah. Well. Okay. But here's this is why it's funny because I looked all over the kitchen counter and I could not find it. Um. You know. Just saying. And it was pretty good size. Thing. But anyway, if you follow me on my personal Facebook page, you know recently I asked for help with my kitchen counter organization, which I still haven't gotten, by the way. But but that's part of the reason why, because it was under stuff. So anyway, yes, you can laugh at me. It's perfectly fine. I am the first to admit that I am not anal retentive or anything when it comes to keeping my counter perfect. And if you are... It was under something, actually. There was a whole bunch of junk, apparently, on top of it, Melanie. All right, so a couple of days ago, um, L.A. Marzulli, I shared with you guys, and I was really upset when I saw this, actually, as you guys know, because I started to cry when I shared it. And I am still upset about this. You know, there's all these fires in California. Uh, the more I look into this stuff, the more I just got to wonder what's going on over there. Yeah, it was. It's a totally messy counter, John. <laughs> Anyway, so a couple of days ago, we, we announced, uh, we shared with you that L.A. Marzulli's house was burnt down to the ground uh, in California. And um, I'm happy to report that his GoFundMe campaign, last time I looked earlier today, he raised $99,000 plus. It could be higher than that now. Um, he was only looking for ninety five or 95000 So the Lord blessed him and came through with, you know, I think it was well over 1,000 people donated to it. So the good news is he will get a little bit of help, him and Peggy, his wife. But yesterday he he posted a video of himself uh, driving back to uh, his house in California. Now, this is the first time that he actually was allowed back there. Um, and then I'm going to share. We're, so we're going to share that video in case you didn't see it. I know a couple of you did. But um, go ahead, Randall, and play that. And then we'll go ahead and we'll share some of the 
the the speculation about whether or not this was a a laser attack on the homes out there. Oops, hold on. Stand by. Stand by. Pause while um well, put us back on for a moment. Stand by while I crack because we don't want to do that. Okay. Mm. So what this what this is is um Okay, you got it. Never mind. Yeah, I got it. All right, here we go. Stand by. Rolling. Today is Wednesday. Uh, we, we got, got back, back on, on Monday. Monday. Today is the first day that we're actually allowed up into the site. Uh, we're on Canyon Road, which brings us into the Santa Monica Mountains, about 1,400 feet above sea level. Nice to see that the tunnel made it. Uh, interesting that scorched earth is everywhere, but many of the pine trees remain green, which is really strange. And uh, people are now being allowed to go back to where their homes once stood, and many of you have already seen several burnouts. And there's, there's probably many more that we'll see. Uh, there used to be a house up in there, and that appears to have been lost. What's very strange is, like right up here, the fire is burnt everywhere, and yet here's a green tree. How is that possible? Uh, I just, I just don't get it. Where we look oh, over here, oh look, it's gone. Yeah. Oh. And, and everything is. I mean, this thing came through like a freight train. This man's vineyard up here is completely wiped out. And here we see palm trees that are untouched. How does that work? The guy loses his house, and the palm trees are sitting there. The house burned down, and the palm trees are perfectly green. So this traffic light, which took years of the making, is, is also out. There's no power here at all. Oh my gosh. It is an absolute wasteland. And uh, as you can see, a house was lost up in there. Oh my gosh, look at that. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Okay, so, uh, you know, I know these guys. These are friends of mine. Um, I can't, I, I can't even imagine how they were feeling, honestly. I mean, I, I can't. Um, so, Ray Gatto uh, has a website, and he's actually a prepper guy, right? And he's, he's, um, he's actually very... Um, he's, he kind of runs in the same prophecy circles that, uh, that we do. And anyway, he actually was going to be a guest on my show at some point. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, we haven't, we just haven't booked the interview yet, but he actually posted on his website, um, the title of the article, breaking news, Woolsey fire evidence of directed energy weapons, question mark. And I want to read this to you because I got to tell you something. This is very interesting. I'm not saying this is, well, this is actually what happened, but it does raise some questions. It says here, uh, Ray writes, I've been reviewing a lot of pictures of the Woolsey fire in Southern California. There are a lot of questionable things I see. Many houses are nothing but literal ash. Uh, yet green lawns, trees, plastic garbage cans, other things affected by heat are still there. Just the structures and vehicles have been utterly destroyed. I posted a video of a bridge in the Woolsey Fire area. Note the green trees all around the bridge, water flowing under the bridge, yet there was a gigantic hole in the middle of the bridge with burnt-out tar and the metal beams warped. If this is fire, then why isn't anything else burnt around it? I believe that this is evidences of dew. Um, and then, you know, you can scroll up and see the pictures there. And it says here there's, a, here, there's a hole in the middle of the bridge. Again, note the vegetation around the bridge. If the fire is that hot to burn asphalt and cement as well as warp steel beams, then why isn't the vegetation not damaged? That's a very reasonable question, in my opinion. Um, and then it says, um, then here's a whole video that I posted to his YouTube channel. And I'm no doubt now, now look at, the, look at this picture. Stop it at that picture bareface with the green, the foliage there, all the green. And then the house is just wiped oh, out. Yeah. Okay. Now look at that. Astounding. Okay. Look at that. Now tell me, okay. I'm just, 
I am not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a realist. But you tell me, how is that possible? How is that possible that every single house there is burnt down, but the lawns are not burnt down and neither are the trees? I mean, seriously, how is that possible if this was the actual fire? Now, I've lived in California most of my life. I've seen a lot of fires. I've seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of fires. I've seen the, um, you know, the the things there, you know, going there. How is that possible? I mean, seriously. Okay. So this is, this is just look at it. How is that possible? Right? So is the ground wet enough that the fire just leapt from house to house and no fire? I mean, no, no lawn is, you know, I mean, it was all drenched in, in Southern California or Northern California where there's been a drought for years and years and years. Okay, so that's just, it's just the question. Okay, so then he says here, note that the only houses are burned to the ground, literally ashes, and yet the lawns and trees are pretty much untouched. And then under here, it says, what appears to be a direct energy weapon being used to start a fire? So the interesting thing, though, in, in my research about these direct energy weapons is that um, they can be invisible. I mean, it's like an invisible laser that they specifically target where they want it. Um, anyway, if you keep scrolling down, you'll see, um, more stuff. It says here, note the lawns and the green shrubs, as well as the green lawn and trees, not touched by the flames at all. The homes are ashes, no granite countertops, uh, no washing machines. Nothing is left in these homes. Everything is turned to ash. At what temperature does these things turn, I should say, do these things turn to ash? If it's Super hot. Why are not the trees, shrubs, and gas, grass affected? And then, again, you know, it's just just continued pictures. Now, if you keep scrolling down, then it says here again, what melts through asphalt and concrete and warps iron beams? And by the way, hey, just just uh, curious here. Um, anybody recall the towers that fell straight down during 9-11 and there was no evidence of an airplane that hit them? Just saying, um, weird things have happened. Okay, Mia, who actually is a trained firefighter, said maybe Amber's jumping from roof to roof. Yeah, but what would be the likelihood, Mia, of the Am of the Amber's just ju jumping roof to roof to roof to roof in the whole line without it actually getting a tree or at least some grass nearby? Um... Anyway, so then he posts these two videos, and this, I'm not going to read this one, but you guys, I will tweet this out here um, later. The woman in this video at, this, at the bottom, um, she was actually, she lost her house in one of the California fires, and she started doing some research on uh, what was going on, and you know, what, it, and you know, she was kind of skeptical, and then she kind of, you know, she's a realtor. And anyway, very interesting thing here um, that for a half hour, she presented this at the Eagle Forum, okay? And um, the Eagle Forum is in Northern California. Orlean Cool is, is one of the, the leaders there who I actually have had on our show numerous times in the past. She's a great lady. And they were talking about Agenda 21, okay? Now, I'm not an expert on Agenda, Agenda 21. Hey, Beth. But what I can tell you is that Agenda 21 is real. If you don't believe me, you can go up to sustainabledevelopment.un.org and you can download over a 300-page PDF talking about Agenda 21, which is, the, uh, which is really a plan to depopulate the world, to get it down to a certain number that they can control. And they do it under the guise of environmentalism, and many people believe that they use uh, these particular things that we're talking about, as well as, you know, vaccines. That's why a lot of people are against vaccinations, because all of a sudden, you know, like last year, everybody and their uh, grandmother who took a, a flu shot all of a sudden died. Because was that just a coincidence? I don't think so. But anyway, that's just me. Um, anyway, so there's a whole bunch of things that, you know, leave a lot of open questions. But then if you continue to scroll down back on Ray's page, Randall, um, he posts this map here um, 
titled California wildfires line up exactly in the same path as the California high-speed rail system. Now, how is that? And it is interesting to me, if you think about it, because if you watch the video above that I posted, the woman in there talks about how it was interesting that some of the fires in her area actually um, went ahead and lined up with some things that happened in 1964 about that. So, um, so it is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. So what do you think, Randall? Well, the, uh, one of those videos is linked in the article, the woman, I watched a little bit of that with you, the, her Eagle form presentation and I haven't looked into it, but she, she reports of reports at some of these sites, you know, where the, the, foundation of the home is gone as ray points out granite countertops i don't know what the flashpoint of granite is but i guarantee you it's in the thousands and thousands of degrees i mean it's it's like lava molten lava you know for rock a uh, hard mineral like that granite uh, to burn but anyway she talks about reports of the ground boiling, boiling. yeah at some of these sites where the house is gone i yeah, I don't know what kind of structure fire, what your house is made of. Maybe it's instead of wood frame, it's magnesium frame. And once it gets, I don't think anybody makes magnesium framed houses. But, and we're talking dirt for dirt to boil. Um, this isn't a typical wildfire. And again, these are just, you know, this is third party reporting. I haven't seen this or thing, but... Uh, this gal I don't get is is one to, uh, you know, not a fear monger, you know, a reluctant individual. Right. To, um, and just, you know, just things, <laughs> things don't, there are several question marks that don't add up to, to wildfire. And Agenda 21, I've not read all 300 pages or whatever. That's, there's another document too that, and there's a lot of doc. In fact, Carl and, Tykerib actually is the but, expert on this stuff. But it's it's there for downloading off the UN website, and I've I've done a search on the PDF and and found about population. Sure enough, it's just there. This is the plan. One is to to move the world's population into high density housing mm-hmm. and cities, i.e., giant apartment complexes. They don't want anybody out there, you know, off the grid and in rural areas. And the, the Eagle Forum uh, presentation, the gal talks about that, these areas that are... Right, the maps are there, what they're trying to do. Yeah, to make so. these, you know, restricted zones and all that. Uh, yeah, if you get the population down to a manageable amount and put them all in the city where they're not growing their own food, they're dependent upon government-supplied everything then that's a population not only that you can manage, but you can control. Yeah. And and there are nefarious. It's it's there in black and white. It, this there. is the design of some world leaders. It's com- I mean, it is there, and people don't want to look at it. In fact, the woman who spoke, she said, I didn't want to look at this. She said, now I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> but let's look at this article, too. This is over at the Canada Free Press. And this one's titled, The Real Story About How California Became the Land of Raging Infernos. This is a little bit different perspective okay so uh it starts out by saying maxine waters got it bass act bass act bass backwards yeah okay there you go Um, in telling President Donald Trump to keep his mouth shut on blaming mismanagement for california fires leaving death and destruction in their wake waters whose screech to impeach is more ear-piercing than anyone else's, was as silent as the dead when it came to protecting California against becoming the land of raging infernos. Waters, whose screech to impeach is more ear-piercing than anyone else's, not a peep from screech when California shut off water supply to farmers, ranchers, and others in what used to be the Golden State. It happened back in 2009, the year Barack Hussein Obama was inaugurated, that a judge cut water to California farmers, all to save what radical environmentalists call an endangered fish. On the March 28th World News Saturday, ABC uh, gave rare attention to the plight of drought-stricken farmers in California who have been denied access to a major water supply by a judge citing the Endangered Species Act to protect the type of fish. During a story 
recounting the unusual level of problems facing these farmers, a recession coinciding with drought, correspondent Lisa Fletcher informed viewers, and for the first time ever, farmers may be completely cut off from one of their sources of water. Farmers don't have access to this water that runs right through the center of their farmland. It is being allocated to the Delta Smelt, a little fish protected by the Endangered Species Act, okay? Now, I find this interesting, especially in lieu of Agenda 21, which is an environmentalist uh, underlying agenda. And if you go to Romans chapter 1, the Bible actually talks about how they, wor they worship the creature rather than the creator, and they basically became deluded in their minds and stuff. So um, anyway, it says here, conservationists say the smelt are dying in the irrigation pumps, so a judge ruled they must be shut off for much of the growing season. Fletcher then told of an al almond farmer who is now forced to spend $600,000 digging his own well. Fletcher says that that hits almond farmers like Sean Coburn particularly hard. 90% of the nation's almonds come from this valley and almond trees need a lot of water. So Coburn is spending $600,000 to dig a new well and he hopes to buy himself some time. The report ended with a soundbite of uh, Fireball California City Manager Jose Ramirez pleading for more water. All our people want here is a job. That's what we want. You let the water flow, food will grow, and jobs will, fl jobs will flow after that, and we're in business. You can see a completed uh, transcript of the story at that link and um, and all that. Anyway, but it is it is interesting. And then another interesting article was talking about how Islam, some of the radical um Islamic terrorists out there are basically claiming they they're putting claim and saying that they are the ones that caused the fires. So it could be a little of everything, but needless to say, uh, I find it interesting. Um, you know, sometimes the truth is, you know, right under your nose and you just don't want to accept it for what it is. So what do you think, Bareface? I've, I think it is what it smells like, and it doesn't smell like a Delta smelt either. Kind of fishy, it, huh? Yeah. Um, hey, Pat, I see you came in. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather not think about it like some people, but I'm not going to play, you know, the ostrich bearing my head in the sand. Um, yeah, the Bible I, tells you it, not to be like an ostrich, actually. Indeed. And so... <laughs> in Proverbs. It, it does, and... And so, you know, you think, well, how do you put a stop to this? You know, why, you know, can we, if we resist it at the, you know, the grassroots level, you know, what happens? Well, typically government forces are, are pack more power than the people, even though this was designed to be a republic of buying for the people. Uh, you know, nefarious people have gotten involved over the, the centuries, especially since the late 19th century and early 20th century, and really turned things around for the worse. But you know, all all down through the ranks, I'm not saying every person in government is you know nefarious and wants to. It's just that I think most people are afraid to resist. You know, they they value their own skin and you know go along with the program. Yeah. Well, you know, how many of you out there have read the Night Trilogy by Eli Weasel? Weasel. Have you read the, Have you read this book? It's called the Night Trilogy. It's actually three books. There's one book in particular. It's called Night. N i g h t. Night. Anyway, Ellie Weasel was a Holocaust survivor. And I had to read this trilogy when I was in grad school, which I hated. I hated reading it because it was extremely dark and depressing. But uh, the reason why I had to read it was because um, I remember my teacher, Julie, telling us that we had to read this because this actually shows the how, how some humans can get through anything, basically. Anyway, the woman that was highlighted in the video here... Uh, the woman who was highlighted in the video actually mentioned that book when she was giving her speech and she was talking about how chilling it was to hear, uh, to read in the book about how, um, the Germany back then, 
they refer to everything as the homeland and basically how that that language has been implemented into our culture now here in America. Remember, Homeland Security was instituted after 9-11, which I personally believe was an attack on our country by our country. I know some people probably don't agree with that, but um, I think um, I think there is some truth in that, and I don't think everything the media shows is the truth. <clears throat> the other thing that this woman pointed out also was that during these fires, there was reports of electricity being out that was actually blamed on the fire, except the, except the problem is, is that the fire wasn't there in the areas where the electricity was out. So how is that? How'd that happen? The electricity went out first and then the fire. So just... Just some questions. Okay. So I uh, want to thank you guys. Um, I know many of you actually uh, support our show. You guys are pillars of the community. Yeah, you are. Give a shout out to you pillars. Thank you for donating to our show every month. I appreciate it. Uh, Ariel Ministries also is our sponsor. We want to show you our uh, our video that we've been showing. You got that right. Yeah, I okay. can do that. Yeah, so you guys, we Ariel asked us to share with you the, the History and Geography DVD set that they have on sale right now for $29, and you can use your coupon code, uh, Bible News, and save 20% on that. If you want to learn about the history, history, geography, and get a biblical understanding of Israel, and who wouldn't, especially if you're a believer, then go ahead and invest in this product and get it. Uh, here's a little clip from it. Um, and then after we show you that, we're going to go ahead and show you an interview that we did, uh, at the prophecy conference last month when we were there in Oklahoma. A trip to Israel is a journey of a lifetime, yet not all of us have had the opportunity to see with our own eyes the land God promised to the patriarchs. I would like to invite you to join me as we journey to the modern and ancient land of Israel with Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. The first sight one sees when arriving in Israel today is the Ben Gurion Airport located in the ancient northern Philistine plain. To the west is the modern and bustling metropolis of Tel Aviv, founded in 1909. Israel, like Tel Aviv, is a modern country governed through a republic and parliamentary democracy. Unlike its neighbors, Israel is a safe home of Jews, Christians, Muslims, Druze, Circassians, and Samaritans. Israel is an exporter of agricultural goods, minerals, and now natural gas. Of course, tourism is big business in Israel. The Lord our God said to us in Horeb, You have stayed long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites, and to all their neighbors in the Arava, in the hill country, and in the lowland, and in the Negev, and in the seacoast, the land of the Canaanites and Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and to their offspring after them. In our journey, we will approach Israel from the perspective of the 12 spies sent out to explore the land ahead of the people of Israel, starting with the plain of Asher, the plain of Sharon, the Philistine plain, the Shephelah, Upper Galilee, Lower Galilee, the hill country of Ephraim, Samaria, the hill country of Judah, Judea, Jerusalem, the new city, Jerusalem, the old city, the wilderness of Judah, the Negev, the valley of Ayon, the Hula Valley, the Sea of Galilee, Yam Kinneret, the Jordan Valley, the Dead Sea, the Arava proper and the Red Sea, Bashan, the Golan Heights. Okay, so there you go. So that is actually titled The Historical Geographical Study of Israel DVD Tour. It's $29 minus 20%. When you do that, you can actually get that and the book. 
at ariel.org, or you can go to our website and go to the resources page and get it through there. But just remember, actually, you have to go to ariel.org to get it. Um, but use Bible News, then you save 20%. And that's actually, we're the only place they give a discount, okay? So uh, take advantage of it. Show Ariel that you appreciate them supporting our show. Uh, and two, Gary. I think it's Gary. Gary or Garv. Garv. Garv17. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you're here. I don't mind a contrary opinion. Um, and I agree. I do need your ha- I totally need a haircut, dude. I totally do. <laughs> I've been putting it off. I, I've been doing a lot of stuff. But anyway, I am going to get it. And I hope you come back and you actually see it. And look how awesome it is. All right. Okay. The other thing, um, what I was going to tell you is, let's see here. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. And get the free Bible study on Satanology. Gary or Garf, you might like that one. Just saying. You can learn all about Satan. And um, just download the PDF there. So you got you to gotta give me your email. And if you hate me, you can unsubscribe from my email list after you get it. I don't care. But anyway, you'll go ahead. And you'll learn about Satanology. And it's actually a 37-page PDF that Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum uh, did and all that. So... Go and do that. And then don't forget, if you need to, uh, if you want to support some other people that support us, go to the Trusted Associates page. You can get um, some Norwex products from my friend Coach Mo. Uh, you can get some Lim- Young Living Essential Oil from my friend Aaron uh, and all of that. And then, of course, if you need Legal Shield or ID, th- ID-, ID Shield, you can also contact me directly. And we'll get you hooked up for that, too. We're not going to talk a lot about that today, but... Um, Legal Shield is also a second part of our, our job here. Okay, so here's the thing. When we were at the Prophecy Watchers Conference last last month, uh, Bob Ulrich, Gary Stearman invited us to come back and cover it. Uh, we had the blessing of, of meeting Jack Langford again. And Jack is, I think, 85 years old. Uh, he wrote this book called The Gospel of the Holocaust in Isaiah 53. And we actually have, um, I, I'm not sure, I thought we had 20 of these, but I, but I know we have at least 10. And we're offering this book for $10 out the door. That includes free shipping from me. Um, but I want you to hear from Jack himself. This man, oh my gosh. I First of all, I love older people because they're so much smarter than I am. Um, but this man is a, is a gem. Him and his wife were at this conference. At 85 people, they were there. And... Um, and he was sharing the gospel, and I want you to see the interview that we did. Randall said, how long is it? About eight minutes or something? About seven and a half. Almost eight. So uh, check this out. Listen to Jack, and then, you know, if you feel so led to support our show uh, and want to get this book that Jack wrote, uh, then did you put it on the site? Yes, yeah, it's okay. on the resources page. It's on the resources page. You can get that. Okay. But anyway, let's listen to it. I haven't actually heard this since I actually talked to him, so I'm looking forward to what I had to say and what he had to say. So go ahead. Enjoy, Jack. All right, hey everybody. Now, check this out. I am with Jack Langford. He is not a doctor, but that's okay. He could be, because he's old enough to be one. (laughs) Anyway, you're speaking, okay, you've written this book, The Gospel of the Holocaust in Isaiah 53. Tell us about it. Well, this is probably the most unusual book you will ever read. 1900 years ago, Jesus Christ became a holocaust. The scripture in the Greek language uses the word holocaustus as applicable to Christ as a burnt sacrifice. Amazing. Wow. Uh, Abraham took his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him as a burnt sacrifice. In the Greek translation of that event, the Septuagint, it's called the holocaustus. So Isaac typified Christ as a holocaust, and Christ himself died as the antitypical burnt sacrifice for our sins. 1941, Winston Churchill came on the radio in Europe and said a crime is being committed that is so heinous, we have no word to describe it. As soon as the war was over, a Jewish man came out of the Auschwitz and said there's no word to use to describe the sacrifice of Jews and then the Holocaust. 
we were a burnt sacrifice. The crematorium, digging up the bodies in the pits and burning them to try to hide the crime. So the sacrifice of the Jews, the worst crime in human history, has become the Holocaust. And phenomenal as it may seem, the Jews went as sheep to the slaughter. And it was repeated thousands of times by those observers. And the Jews themselves began to use the sacrifice of Christ as the background for their suffering. Amazing. Even have a book at home, The Holocaust of the Jews, written by a Jew. Amazing. There's a parallel between the two events. Both of them become a Holocaust. Now we know there's good news in the Holocaust of Christ. And there's really good news in the Holocaust of the Jews because just like Christ was raised as an individual three days later, Israel was raised from the dead three years later and became a nation on earth. The most phenomenal event in the history of the nations of the earth. Here's a people who outlived the Assyrian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Grecian Empire, the Roman Empire. He, he bypassed Napoleon, and they bypassed Mr. Adolf Hitler, and they're still there. A people who've been persecuted, slaughtered throughout the ages, and they're still a generation. Because God promises blessings to the world through them. Amen. So they were raised from the dead. Yeah, they were. And they themselves refer to it that way. So there's a parallel between the two. I draw that parallel here in much greater detail. So it's an astonishing parallel. It ho I hope it will awaken in the heart of the Jews. They realize that what's happened to them has a divine purpose behind it. And I hope that Christians will read this and realize that like the religious element that sent Christ to the cross, it was Christendom who prepared the way for Adolf Hitler. Mm, Hitler know. bragged, I'm not doing anything different than what the church has done through the centuries. And right. he didn't. Right. Right, true. My goodness. Anyway, amazing parallel between the two, and that's the subject of this book. Now, you are Jack Langford, in case I, did, I forgot to tell exactly. you. What's your, what's your background? Uh, <laughs> and he's 85 years young, people. I was, uh, as kids, our father abandoned our family in St. Louis, Missouri. We consider ourselves city rats. We did. Yeah. We sit in our back porch and philosophize. We go through the ash pits, we hunt for things and toys, we're very poor. But we're not the bad rats. Yeah. Bad rats were down the river, they call them river rats. But I was a lonely, lost young man. And I heard that Jesus Christ loved me. Can a rat, can anybody love a rat? Yeah, I hear you. So it broke my heart. And I accepted him as my savior in 1949. Born again. And they became a sheep. Bad habit of hiding things. In his pastures. They hide. Became a new creation. Began to drink in the word of God. We don't know that. And study it. And learn it. Thankfully, I met some Christians who were dispensational. And they taught me dispensational truth. And they taught me, above all things, to walk in the truth that you're just one church, the body of Christ. The church which is his body. And that's the church I'm in. That's the only church. It includes all Christians everywhere in the space of this earth. You're born again? And I'm the same church. Identical. And that's the only church that's going up at the rapture. That's right. The fact that you You've been a Christian almost 70 years blows me away. I mean, I'm, I just turned 50. And it's getting better. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And so, my reading the scriptures is getting better every year. Yeah, you're like understanding it. That's why I want to sit in. Did you speak yet? Uh, scheduled to in about an hour. Okay. That's what I got prepared for. Oh, what's the name of your speech? It's the chronology of our enemy. Lucifer. That, uh, oh, yeah. I think I wanted to say that. That's what I'm going to say. Early chronology of Mr. Um, Lucifer. And it's that astonishing. Because what he did originally is going to be repeated in a few years from now. He's going to defile the temple of God. Actually, he defiled it already. Anyway, that's reserved for my message. Okay. So, okay. So, I know you probably want to eat. So, how about you tell everybody, like, how can they get in touch with you and stuff? Uh, 
They, uh, I have uh, my website is separationtruth.com, and you can get all my literature there. It's all printable off that website, and I've got hundreds and hundreds of Bible studies and literature, free of charge, again. And my personal email address is there, and uh, through that website, Separation Truth, you can get in touch with me. Yeah, you guys really should. Honestly, this is my favorite type of saint because not only have you been around almost twice as long as me. Well, not quite, but <laughs> but you've been you've been in the you've been in the Lord twice as long as me for sure. I mean, these are the guys that you know. I get to stand on their shoulders just because I get they, to go, oh my gosh, I get to learn from all that. It's super cool. So, Good. Yeah. They so thank were you for being my guest. You're welcome. Appreciate it. You're welcome. See you down the road. Yep. Or up the road. Yeah. Cool. So, Either way, thank so, you for listening. That tells you uh -huh. that's about Lord bless you. Receive these words. Amen. I love that guy. I mean, seriously. Um, I mean, just... For me, just thinking the fact that this guy has known the Lord 70 years, I mean, that's amazing. And he's still of sound mind and, mm -hmm. and all that. I just want to tell you a little bit more about this book that he was talking about. This book is actually really, really interesting. Um, and there, what he does is he gives these parallels here, like on this page 104. There's a parallel here between the Holocaust and the sacrifice of Christ, like just as an example. Number one, uh, the Holocaust, a righteous people, uh, the sacrifice of Christ, a righteous man. Number two, roots in Christian anti-Semitism and the sacrifice of Christ is envy of religious leaders. Anyway, it, it, goes, it goes through this whole list and then he's got um, just this whole thing. This isn't your fluffy word of faith garbage that most Christians read. Okay, this is actually something really good and solid and biblical. It's going to definitely increase your faith and bring a big understanding. To, it's going to help you understand really what's gone on. Um, and especially if you love Israel and you understand what Jesus did for us. So $10 out the door. Um, if, if you want that book, just go to our website. And also I want to remind you too, we do have Doug Hersey's book here. We got this one for $9 out the door. Uh, and this is the Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel that Doug offered to me as well. Um, but Bareface wanted to say something. Oh, wow. Just it's kind of <laughs> lost its context now. But all those other voices you hear, just so you know, this was at a conference in, in the exhibit hallway. So you know, we yeah. tried to time these things as best we can, like during sessions, so there wasn't as much crosstalk. But hey, they came out really well. Yeah. And I want to let you guys know, we interviewed, I think, 25 people at the Prophecy Watchers Conference, and we still have like all these people left. I'm going to tell you who else we have coming up on the show in the future. We got Eric Wemmer, who is a, a friend of the show, uh, Todd Hampson, who wrote The Nonprofit's Guide to Prophecy, and he's actually out there reaching younger people. Um, yes, Bareface is my husband. And whoever you were before asked if I was brother and sister, it's actually Randall's my husband of 26 years. Going on 27 this year, or next year. Anyway, Richard Shaw, who's a filmmaker, he did the Torah Codes. We're going to talk about that. Uh, pastor Tom, Tom Hughes, who is a pastor in California, he's going to be coming up on the show. Uh, pastor, or well, I guess he's not a pastor. Donald Perkins, great Bible teacher. Uh, Dr. Andy Woods, also another great Bible teacher. Carl Tykrib, a good friend of mine up in Canada. Uh, he is awesome. He's and he just he's recovering well from his surgery. Uh, Pastor Jeff Kinley, who's awesome, and Ken Johnson, who is a Hebrew expert and scholar, he's going to be there. We're, we also have uh, the prophecy expert, Dr. David Rakin, from his show, um, Lamb and Lion Ministries. He is in this, you know, he's in our stack of guests that we're going to be airing soon, and Casper. Casper uh, McLeod. McLeod. Casper <laughs> McLeod. We also got him on, which last year we didn't get Casper because he was all over the place. But he's he was hard to get, and he um, he is um, a very very interesting man. He's a pastor as well. And then Gary, what is his name? Something Bacher or 
you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, the Southwest Radio Church. Oh, Schnitger, David Schnitger. Okay, so Southwest Radio Church, the founder of that died, but his daughter I got to talk to with Gary. They did a new ministry after that guy died. Um, anyway, so all of these people are still coming up on our show in the future shows uh, as we get opportunity to bring those interviews to you. Um, so like I said, these are some of the top prophecy experts in the world. And Little Bible News Radio was invited to go and interview them all. And so, uh, yeah, so hopefully you'll stay tuned to the show. You know, you can uh, subscribe to our text messages like, hey, Jesus did it, TV. Um, text Bible News to 33222. It's the best way to stay in touch with us. Um, so just so you know. All right. All right. Now, the last article I want to look at before we got to go um, is this over here on... Um, Prophecy News Watch. This is good. Sanhedrin calls on Jerusalem's next mayor to prepare for rebuilding the temple. Now, what is? why is this important? Well, because we know that the Antichrist has to come and defile the temple. Okay? And there has to be a new temple, right? So this is super cool that the mayor, Jerusalem's mayor, next mayor, uh, they, they are going to prepare for building the temple. This means we're close to the end, which we already know anyway. So anyway, it says this, Jerusalem will have a new mayor this coming week, and more than any other election this year will decide the religious nature of Israel's capital. The nascent Sanhedrin has addressed a letter to the two candidates emphasizing the role of the third temple in municipal municipal current policy. <laughs> Is that, did I say it right? Anyway. Yes, you're fine. The Jerusalem mayoral election held last week around five candidates, but the results were so close that an additional runoff vote next week is needed to choose between the top two. Moshe Lyon with 33% of the vote and Ofer Berkovich, two great Hebrew names, right? <laughs> with 29% will run off against each other with, ne with neither achieving the 40% of the electorate required to win office. The politics of the eternal Jewish capital are most fiercely fought on the battlefield of religion. In addition to his political connections, Lyon, religiously observant, was endorsed by the leading ultra-Orthodox rabbis, an important asset in the city in which the Haredi represent approximately 35% of the overall Jewish vote. Berkovich, Berkovich, I guess that's how you say it, on the other hand, was the only one of the candidates that led a secular lifestyle. Uh, he has campaigned for businesses to open on the Sabbath. Not only is that policy distasteful to the city's religious residents, but Berkovich perceives Haredi politicians as having a negative impact. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That's kind of a long article. But anyway, the point is that the temple is a um, issue. And of course, if you know anything about Israel, then you also know that there is an organization over there. It's called the Temple Institute. And they have been tracking all this stuff. And, and you have to understand that the temple being rebuilt, it means that all the stuff in the temple that has to be there in order for the temple to be functional, that has to be there too. So the red heifer, uh, all of the, the wear, the adornment, all that stuff is ready. I actually talked to a friend of mine who, was it... Was it Eli, Eli, was it, what rabbi? Was it the rabbi we talked to at Israel 365 when we had him on here? About what? About talking about how like within a half hour they would be ready to do sacrifices in the temple. all Because they're waiting for the government, basically. They're waiting for the war and the politics to stop. And by and, the way. And, and, a, and a temple. They've got all the utensils and animals and the, the priests, yeah. the, the succession and priesthood, you know, in, in uh, I forget, one of the one of the chronicles i forget which but it talks about the order of the priests and you know their their schedules and when they serve anyway yeah. but that's all ready to go and queued up well not only that but but there has to be peace in the middle east right and some people think that with the new people coming into government that there will be a peace treaty that will actually be signed in the middle east because that's what people are looking for, right? I mean, everybody wants peace in the Middle East, except for Islam, which they really don't, but whatever. Um, but at some point, there will be a world leader who will be the Antichrist, who will enact that peace treaty 
and then three and a half years into it, we'll break it. Now, the big debate in the church is whether or not the church is going to be here to see it or not. Um, I hold a pre-wrath position, so I don't believe that I necessarily will see it, and I don't really care to know who the Antichrist is. Uh, my job is to point people to Yeshua, who is Jesus, and who is the real Christ, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that would, you know, I, I should end the show here with that, because I have to go to my dad's Thanksgiving dinner at his assisted living place, but... I will say that if you are not yet a follower of Jesus, if you don't know who he is, you know what? Don't listen to people. <laughs> don't listen to people on Periscope telling you who he is, except me and Bareface. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can listen to other people too. Um, like Rick over at Jesus Did It. What I mean though is, is, you know what? Read the Bible. Open up the Gospels and begin in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament. Begin to read those. That's what happened with, with Randall a.k.a. Bareface, you know, God told him, read the Bible, and he did. He started reading the Gospel of Matthew, and he was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, and he couldn't get enough of it, and he kept reading it more and more, and became uh, he became a follower, of, a disciple of Jesus as a result of that, after actually spending years trying to seek out things in the New Age and doing some other interesting stuff that that he had. People can point you to Christ, but really the best the best revelator of who Christ is is himself, Read what he said. Look at what he did. Don't necessarily look at what his believers do, because not all of them do what he said. And, you know, that's, including me, I'm not perfect, as you all know. <laughs> Most of you know. I am not perfect, especially my hair, just so you know. I mean, just saying. Um, no, in all seriousness, no, look at who Christ is. Look at who he talked to, how he treated his enemies, what he did on the cross. You know, I wrote a song years ago called Crucified Man. And in that song, um, it starts out, he was a meek, mild miracle maker. And, you know, he wasn't just another crucified man. He was a sinless crucified man who claimed to be God. When he was crucified on the cross, he was buried. And then three days later, he came back to life. And Jesus himself told Israel that the sign that they were looking for is the sign of Jonah which is the sign of resurrection. Jonah was swallowed in a big fish because he rebelled from God when God told him to preach to his enemies in Nineveh. <clears throat> and God had his way, didn't he? God had him, you know, basically, he, you know, he went in the big fish and eventually he was barfed up off on land and then he had to preach repentance to his enemies. Interesting, right? Jesus died for our, for, for our enemies. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's in, you know, it'd be one thing if Randall died for me. I mean, that would change my life. I would follow him. You know, I would love him for always. But if Randall died for me and then came back and wanted a relationship with me after that and I refused it, that would be weird. That would be completely insane. And yet people do that. And yet that's what Jesus did. He died for us while we were yet sinners. And then he came back and he said, hey, have a relationship with me. That's what I want. And so if you're not in that place, I invite you to check out Christ and his claims. Go ahead, do the research, test him, read the Bible, look at what history says about him. Look at what the skeptics say, the ones that like Lee Strobel and Simon Greenleaf and C.S. Lewis. And the list is endless of the people who tried to reject the claims of Christ and tried to disprove it only to go, oh my gosh, or oh my God, it's really real. Jesus is who he says he is. And challenge it. You know what I mean? And just like James is saying, praise Jebus in the in the the name, in the in the thing, you know? The Bible says that in the end of times, mockers and scoffers will come. So you are fulfilling Bible prophecy. So thank you for validating the word of God for me right there. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, you guys, uh, tomorrow is free for all Friday. We have way more stories to uh, get to tomorrow. We're going to look at these stories I didn't get to today, tomorrow, uh, Lord willing, with Randall. We will do that. So join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock Central, as always. And always remember to be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you. He really does love you. And, um, you know, that is the message of this show. So have a good evening. We'll see you tomorrow.